the future. A dark time for all of us. The internet is gone. Destroyed by the evil syndicate so it can build vast wealth and power. All we once knew, lost. But there is a new hope. Using time travel, Agents Jim, George, and Joseph have been sent back in time to gather information from the past and help us fight back against the evil syndicate. Now the plot thickens. Agent George mysteriously disappears and a new agent named Jason emerges. Did the home office remove George? Or did the evil syndicate install Jason? This is the continuing mission of the crispy, coated robots. And it must succeed. Hey, it's Jim. Hey, it's Joseph. Hey, it's Jason. And it is Crispy Coda Robots back with another episode. This is a good one. This is, well, they're all good ones. It is the best comfort movies to watch when you're maybe in a bad mood or feeling bad. Oh, yep. And you just need to pick oh. me up and you just want to like be taken back to maybe when Uplifting. you were a kid. Yeah, uplifted hmm. or something that, you know, just makes you laugh and, and, and forget your worries and cares and all that stuff. So we'll get to that. First, let's get to the crew. Joseph, what is on your mind? Uh, I watched this documentary, you know, I, I tend to watch lots of documentaries like every white male over 50 does. Uh, and, <laughs> and the documentary that I watched uh, is something that you had recommended. Uh, bye bye, Barry. Uh, yeah. Barry Sanders. Yes. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Yeah. So good. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, everyone knows I'm not a huge like sports guy or anything like that, but I do like a good sports story. And this is a great one. Barry Sanders, just, just, you know, an anomaly, someone that's super talented, that is the pinnacle of the sport that he's not all about, you know, he's, he seems to be like, yeah, I like it, but it's just a sport. Uh, I don't need the fame and all that. I mean, the one part that killed me is how he was 10 yards away from setting, you know, the rookie rushing thing. And he, he stays out of the play. They're like, what are you doing? He's like, I don't need, I don't need the record. I was yeah. like, wow, that's incredible. Never so, was uh, that this ball. year? Did, did it just come out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He never yeah. spiked the ball. He always says, dad told him just to hand it to the referee, act like you've been there before. Wow. You know, just, just these kind of crazy things. And then, of course, he, retiring at a peak, peak time when I, I thought it was a joke when, when I first heard it. But, uh, you know, retired, just retired at this, in his prime. I, you you I, might not know this, Joseph, but the Detroit Lions, who he played for, actually went to the championship game this year. Didn't make it to the Super Bowl, but it was the first time since the early 90s that the Lions had been in the playoffs at yes. all. And so, they should be in the perfect Super Bowl. Perfect marketing. They kind of blew I, that. Yeah. I get, I just heard that, Jason. I appreciate that. No, because I think I think that it says something about this documentary. Yes, it that, says how the NFL is completely rigged. That's what it says. <laughs> oh wow. 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 Oh strong oh. statements from Jason. Hostility. Right. <laughs> uh Jason, what's on your mind? Well, the reason why I say that is because um, I've recently changed my car insurance provider from State Farm, which, of course, has been promoted by the Kansas City Chiefs all these years, uh, Jake from State Farm and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I've made the switch because I'm not going to be ba- I'm not going to be baited by uh, big insurance and uh, big NFL anymore. I'm 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 joining flow. I'm going to progressive. Well, but then That's again, right. you know, uh, uh, they have progressive like 
actually supports the NFL. They they do this thing oh. on CBS called Game Flow, where they show oh. you how the how the uh, how the <laughs> it's all sponsored oh. by Progressive. I'm gonna have to rethink this strategy. <laughs> and the pa- <laughs> is, if you hate the Chiefs, you hate the Chiefs. You gotta admit those commercials are pretty funny. I love the one when I they're... wish I wish our listeners could see Jason's crestfallen face. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love the one where they kind of take they kind of like stole they they stole the the skit with Bill Clinton eating all the French fries and McDonald's where they have Andy Reid kind of they're explaining right. insurance to right. him. He's like explain with those nuggies. <laughs> He's eating the burger before. Um, my mind goes back to football too. I guess it's uh it's since Super Bowl is around, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or in that Super Bowl area, they actually uh, show all the old Super Bowls on NFL Network overnight. Like, and this is not like the game. This is the NFL films with John Facenda. Oh, those are great. Yeah, oh, so and, good. And the great music. So I watched the uh, two ones that really got me into football was Super Bowl 13, which was the Cowboys and the Steelers and mm-hmm. Jackie Smith dropped that pass. Yeah. And then Super Bowl 14, because I lived in Pittsburgh at the time. And I was like, I was against the Steelers and I you know, one of the Rams to win so bad. It just didn't happen. But you have that great Terry Bradshaw back to pass. Lynn Swan like the ballet he took and you know <laughs> you, you, you the whole background and everything. But of course the music is so great. Dun, 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 you know. But NFL films There has to be a correlation. There has to be a correlation between your youth and what football or baseball team you were watching when you were younger, like like almost yeah. how, how music uh just oh, you yeah. know inspires who you grew up to be. To this day, I cannot stand the Steelers because of how they would beat the Oilers. Uh, yes. I, I get a little a little oh. edgy when the Miami Dolphins are on because of what they did the, to the Oilers. It's just I I, I can't I, shake I, it. I can't. I, I, can't. I, I they will never be my team. They were America's team in the seventies. I hate <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys, and every yeah. year I get delight when they're one and done in the <laughs> eliminations. Every year, right. because you know, living in Texas, you always have people like, "This is the year. This is the year." I'm like, "One and done, dude. One and done. You're never seeing round two. You're you just, never seeing that AFC championship." <laughs> you were a Raiders, Raiders fan back in high school, from what I remember. I was a huge Raiders fan because of the Dallas Cowboys. It was like I wanted to go the antithesis of the Dallas Cowboys because my <laughs> older brother and my father loved the Dallas Cowboys. You know, you had the Houston Oilers, which mm-hmm. of course, you know, the perennial losers, uh, mm-hmm. they were just, you know, like break your heart every year, you know, with it and stuff like that. But then you have the Dallas Cowboys and they were America's team and they America's were so team. freaking lucky because they really did have a really great two minute like drill. That they would always pull Bounce out these the helmet, bounces off the helmet of the guy into the guy. I just, pants. I just remember crying, crying <laughs> as a kid whenever they would win because it was like, no, they like they were going to lose, they were going to lose, and then they would win at the very last minute. So Poor I went with the Raiders, Joseph Johnson because- in Louisiana, crying his eyes out to the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> Beat the, the Raiders the had long hair flowing behind their helmets, which they was the just rebels. so rebel, you know, with it. So, yeah, I was, I was a Raiders guy. I, was a Raiders I guy. even lived up in Dallas in the early 90s when they, they made it back to the Super Bowl. I think Jimmy Johnson was the was the, uh, yeah. the, the coach. And uh, the town went crazy, you know, uh, riots and everything. People were celebrating the win. And I was like, okay okay very very larry david of you we've started the uh episode off very comforting with our fun sports stories and now it's time for best comfort movies that's right what is your number five 
Uh, so my number five is a movie that makes me feel good every time, and it comes during Christmas and all that. But you know what? I can watch it in the summer, and it's still going to come for me. And I'm talking about 2003's Elf. Uh, this <laughs> is just it's just such a feel good movie. There's so many things good about it. It's funny. It's it, it, it's it's Will Ferrell. I think at at his best, really. He's charming. He's innocent. It's goofy. Uh, in the movie. With all my movies on this, the movie uh, is so quick because there's so many scenes. It it just happens so fast that it doesn't feel like it's consuming a lot of your time. It makes me feel good. It puts me in a good uh, mood. So my number five is Elf. And how great is James Caan? Oh, so good. So good. (laughs) Yeah, very good. Uh, Jason, you're number five. I I, kind of have a a problem, guys. Um, I've been having... uh, Siri read my texts to me. And so when we were talking about the lists, I, I didn't read it. I heard it. And I I thought it was discomfort movies. So oh, what? And but no, I've been rallying. Like all these horror no, movies where they no, chop people's heads off and stuff. Are you? My first my first one is Jaws. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Oh <laughs> sorry. Wow. Uh oof. um but I do like Jaws, though. I mean, it's comforting to watch the camaraderie around the, in the boat and stuff. You know, just all but, the but, eating of people was bad. Yeah, but but I, I'm going to rally because my, my comfort movie would be Chef. <laughs> chef would be my comfort movie. Chef's for great. Movie, five. Yeah. Chef's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, chef is so good. So just play uh, a little bit. I here. mean, that's John Favreau as a chef who's kind of been disgraced and then opens a food truck, right? That's right. Oh, that's right. Well, it, it, it's more. It's, it's, What's it's more to that? I was trying trip. to get the log It's line. a road trip. It's, it's it's father-son bonding. You know what, Jason? I know you just threw this out there. I'm telling you, I'm going to put it on my list. I'm taking something off and putting it on my I, list. I, I, I like Chef because it's a very feel-good <laughs> movie. And when it came out, my son was a little bit around the age of John Favreau's son in the movie. And and it was, a, it was an awesome time between me and my son whenever he got to learn what you can do with coarse cornstarch and your testicles, (laughs) just, you know, it's those times that you can never get back. (laughs) All right. So I guess chef makes it in. We'll find out what Joseph took off a little bit later. My number five is uh, Joseph is responsible for this one and all the mentions on this show. Uh, and this is how, you know, the home office, I actually, you know, sent them a fax and said, let's do comfort movies. Cause I, every time I see this, even though it was so maligned and people call it the worst sports movie ever, it, it brings me joy. It has, it has great music. It has disco in it. It has a performance by the silvers. Once again, at number five, <laughs> it is the fish that saved Pittsburgh starring Dr. J <laughs> Moses Guthrie. Uh, you know, and they, of course, they, they completely blow up the team. The team leaves. So they actually get a whole team of Pisces that are guided by Stalker Channing as Mona Mondu. Channing. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. So she is the official astrologer of the, they were the Pythons. They chased themselves to the, to the Pisces and go all the way to the championship to play the LA team because I doesn't, I don't think the NBA was endorsing this one. <laughs> you know, they, no, had, no. Uh, they had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Dr. J in it and Norm Nixon. But, um, you know, they have a young Harry Shearer in this movie. Yes. Pittsburgh as the sports announcer. So I think, you know, this is one of his first. Flip like, Wilson. Yeah. Flip, Flip Wilson, who got the best, <laughs> probably the best paycheck. He's in like five minutes and he's out <laughs> and he gets a whole like special guest Flip, Flip Wilson. Um, Marv Alpert is in the movie too. So, I mean, I know I've talked about it a lot. I'll just leave it there. Fish to save Pittsburgh, a 
movie that makes me feel good. I just put it on the other night, and I was like, oh, you know, just the music. For some other reason, it's music. part of the nostalgia, too, because Jim and I talk about this all the time. We have our <laughs> movie channel movie. It was on the movie channel movie, yes. You know, uh, that, that we grew up with, and Jim and I would would – you know, be in math class together and we'd be talking about what we watched on the movie channel. You know, and this is definitely one of them. <laughs> or what's coming on next month. Uh, or great. acting out Rocky too. All right. <laughs> so we are on now to uh, best comfort movie number four. Joseph, what you got? Uh, I think Harold Ramis has just a, a, a marketability of making movies that make you feel good, that can be philosophical, yet at the same time so light and so enjoyable that you can just watch them over and over again, and you always feel good. And I'm talking about uh, on this one, 1993's Groundhog Day. Uh, I, you know, it was just Groundhog Day just recently, and so I decided to watch it. And I was like, man, I really, really like this movie. That's a good pick. Love Groundhog Day. Can't yeah. go wrong with it. Good stuff. Uh, what is your number four, Jason? Um, uh, Alien. Alien, alien, not comfortable. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. You just discomfort films. Okay. Yeah. But I'm trying to rally over here. So, um, uh, the fantastic Mr. Fox, that's one that's a comfort movie. It's a great Wes Anderson movie, uh, voices of Bill Murray, George Clooney, Meryl, uh, Meryl Streep. Excellent movie. Fantastic. Mr. Fox. This is the only polar opposite of alien. This is the only one that my wife likes. Oh, oh, really? And really doesn't like Wes Anderson stuff. Stephanie doesn't she, like him either. She hates him. Yeah. You know, but she really likes Fantastic Mr. Fox. She really got the humor in it. She got the cadence of the the speech and all that. Uh, and she really enjoyed it. So it's a good one. Are you man. cussing me? Are you cussing me? <laughs> That's right. Cussing I do have to admit, after Tannenbaums, it was kind of it was kind of tough to keep up with the same kind of I think he came back with the uh the hotel one, but yes, and, Grand and with the French Dispatch, but now with Asteroid City, he's kind of back in that. Oh, Jim knows. Of- Jim knows how violently opposed I am to Asteroid City. <laughs> I just that's I a whole just, other podcast. We'll just leave that there. Yeah, we'll leave that there. Hmm. Uh, Joseph France. <laughs> my number four is my most recent entry from 2010. Now, this slot was kind of set for um uh Step Brothers, but it was been replaced by another Will Ferrell movie, and that is the other guys, which I've been seeing on TV a lot. And I notice I'm watching all these scenes over and over again, and they just they're just too good. The, which uh, one? Just one of the guys? What is it? What is it? The other guys. Oh, where, the other guys. Where Mark Wahlberg and uh, just one of the guys. That's on my guilty <laughs> pleasures list. Uh, <laughs> and Will Ferrell play uh, cops, but the, the other guys. They're not Sam Jackson or The Rock, or you know, they're not those fancy cops they want to be. And of course, Mark- they're, they're, they're driving in the Prius. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. It's and then it. the music, the, the Little River Band reminiscing, playing that. And then <laughs> one of my favorite scenes is the bribery scene with uh, who's the English actor that was in um, Steve Coogan, who was in uh, Tropic Thunder and tons of other stuff. Mm-hmm. When he's bribing them with shows and the Knicks tickets courtside, and you see him like with all the Knicks gear, go Knicks. And like, oh, man. Then he come who's- back in. Would you like to see Jersey Boys or what you're calling? And they're like, <laughs> how was Jersey Boys? It was not good. It was fantastic. <laughs> Michael Keaton is the police chief or the or their sergeant. Yeah. Don't go chasing waterfalls, guys. <laughs> Doing all the TLC stuff. You really don't know this, right? And then, of course, the story of Gator the pimp, who does the reluctant Gator. Pimp. So this. Oh, and his and and his wife. Uh, what's a, who's the actress that plays Will Ferrell's wife? Oh, uh, that that's my favorite scene. That's right. It was. Uh, it, uh, 
Eva Mendes when when yeah and that's a that's a supposedly improv scene where my, Mark Wahlberg doesn't oh believe he's actually married he's like who is this person why are you why are you <laughs> with this him person? <laughs> and then <laughs> and then of course at the end of the night uh bye Sheila uh we'll see you later yeah yeah go back inside bye Sheila <laughs> good stuff the other guy so good my number four comfort movie on now to uh number three Joseph what you got the movie that I've seen the most, I always say this, it's a bragging kind of thing. Uh, if everyone's like, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, I, it's very hard for me to say what my favorite movie is, but I can tell you which movie I've seen the most in my life over hmm. and over again. And that is 1995's Tommy Boy. Uh, I've yeah. seen Tommy <laughs> Boy more than any other movie ever. Uh, it's so great. Chris Farley, uh, David Spade. Uh, this is a comedy classic i'm i'm just going to label it that way it's you know nearly 30 years old now it still mm. works on so many levels uh a lot of people are like oh you like it only because you're like a white guy and all that i'm like no this transcends comedy this is so it, it's slapstick it's broad uh it has heart to it it brought rob lowe's career back mm -hmm. on you yeah. know uh it's just there's so many great scenes I can pick up the movie anywhere. I mean, it could be the last five minutes and I will watch this movie. If it's on there, Tommy boy is my number three. My they got the last laugh fat guy in a little <laughs> coat. So if you watch the Cisco Niebuhr review of this, they just completely trashed this movie. They really? Like, Tommy boy got the last laugh because that's an enduring American oh. classic. Now, oh, so, I mean, fantastic. Yeah. 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 Uh, what's your number three, Jason? Um, um, Halloween. Oh, Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. Sorry, that is a discomforting Sorry. film. But what can you throw in a comfort one just off the top? Yes, of your head? I'm working over here. Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven, of course, with uh, George oh, Clooney. Oh, that's whole so gang. good. That's a fun one. Brad Pitt. My favorite thing with Brad Pitt in that movie is he is eating in every single scene. He does. If you haven't noticed this. He does. Go back, watch it from the very beginning to the very end when he's wearing Ted Nugent's <laughs> shirt. He is eating in every scene. That 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 was an intentional kind of thing that that was sort of an inside joke. And that the great thing about the Ocean and Eleven stuff is that they really did the the, the new crew, the Clooney crew, right? Uh, really did Frank take, <laughs> yeah. They, well, they took right. a cue from from the original, you know, Rat Pack, uh, right. which is that they were like, we're going to have fun with this movie. We're we're like, this is going to be like summer camp. There's this a is going to be a project. Yeah, you know, uh, they would they would stay in each other's houses uh, during the filming and all that. Oh, wow. And they uh, obviously Clooney is famous for his pranks and stuff like that. They would constantly prank each other and all that. But this was one of those things that you know Steven Soderbergh, uh, who directed the all the films and stuff like that, really wanted that creativity. He wanted it to where it's like he wanted the atmosphere to be like. These guys are friends. That's why they're pulling this huge, complicated heist and all that. They're really good at their game. And so he wanted to extract that. And so things like Brad Pitt coming up saying, hey, I think I want to eat in every scene and all that. Suburbs like, let's do it, every, man. And it's great. For such it a pays big off. cast, for such so, a big cast, nobody yeah. really outshines anyone else. I mean, like even Bernie Mac. Has, yeah. has a quote smaller part in the movie but when he's going to go rent the van and he's oh, holding yes. the man says you have yes. some really soft hands you know <laughs> I don't try to wear lotion at night it gets into my social agenda <laughs> it's just so great so what was the objective on oceans 12 to not have fun 
<laughs> oh boy. Well, I think oh that boy. was the problem. I think I think that was excess, and that's why they did Ocean's Thirteen, which is that's great. Right. Ocean's Thirteen is really good, but they 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 realized they it was, they were like, we cannot end it this way. We cannot. Right. We we need to apologize. You know. All right, uh, my number three. Yeah, I wanted to include John Landis because he's he's included so much like comfort uh, with Animal House and Kentucky Fried Movie. I had to go with Trading Places with uh, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd because there's one scene that I kind of quote almost every day, <laughs> or even when I'm playing out live, or we get a tip uh, and it's five dollars. There's a great scene where they give the bonus to their butler, the the Randolph Duke, uh, the the Duke brothers. And it's a $5 bill. Here's your Christmas bonus. He goes, thank you, Mr. Duke. I can go see them. I can go see them. I can go to the movies by myself. <laughs> and the, and the, the, the captain, Don Amici goes, half of that's from me. <laughs> that and it was, was so great. That, that was part of the run of uh, Eddie Murphy becoming the cultural icon that he became uh, trading, trading places. As almost said, trading spaces. Yeah, when he, when he, when he redesigned someone's living room on TLC, that was amazing. <laughs> but you know who was supposed to be in it originally, right? Who? Original cast. Who? It was writ written for Richard Pryor and uh, Gene Wilder. Come yeah. on, yeah, yeah. It was going to be another Star. Crazy. I can see that. I can see that. I could see yeah. it too. But I'm glad it happened the way it did because you know Eddie Murphy. I'm sure a lot of those things were improv. Like the, I'm a karate man in the oh, prison. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all that, all that's all that great stuff. And then in that prison scene, there's a young Giancarlo Esposito in there. He's one of the kids sitting in the scene. So like Cuba Gooding Jr. in uh, in uh, Coming to America, a lot of these kind of Eddie Murphy movies, you'll see uh, future stars kind of hanging out. But uh, Trading Places is my number three, mainly because of the line. <laughs> <laughs> I can go to the movies by myself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, all right. Your number two, Joseph, is what? Uh, well, it's Chef now. Uh, because I definitely want Chef to be in there. Uh, it was going to be Ratatouille. It was going to be Ratatouille, uh, which I think is my favorite Disney movie, but uh, I'm going to switch it over oh, to Oh, so Chef. the cooking, you're going with the cooking for cooking film. Yes, okay. exactly. There you go. Joe's, uh, uh, Jason, you're number two. Um, you know, the movie that makes you feel the most comfortable, um, The Deer Hunter. <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read. I'm sorry. Um, but no, when I was scribbling over here i had ratatouille for a second but but then i scratched it out and wrote wally because wally's mine yeah oh, okay gotcha. wally's a great one one of the things that's awesome about wally is is you don't identify it with the voices of the the, the actors and actresses that are doing the voices you know that's true and, that's and, true. and, and it's, it's such a sweet movie about a little robot named wally who um is seemingly the last thing left on earth yeah he's he a cleanup robot yeah and he goes up into outer space and he's on a on a spaceship that's full of people who can't walk anymore because they're so obese. Oh my gosh. So prophetic. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't understand how funny that was until I went to Disneyland years later. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. You see the scooters, everyone on a scooter. You're like, wow. You know, Wally. I just recently, I just recently went, uh, and, uh, uh, I gotta say, yeah, it, it it it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Like yeah. you have a whole population of people that cannot walk that decide that they want to go to these large <laughs> park areas mm -hmm. to move around in their now, like now, little, little. Now the joke is things. on me because you know I'm making fun in my head of all these people on the scooters when I was there, and I'm walking around and I broke my foot. 
I got a stress <laughs> stress fracture in my foot. Now you're I a Jokes on me, Mr. Funny Man. Should have had a scooter. Uh, my number two is from 1980. Maybe the most controversial selection because I don't know if anybody else enjoyed it besides me. Uh, it was kind of a flop for the Disney and Paramount Company at the time. Um, only because the director chose to go with the 30s version instead of the glossed over 70s version of the character. I'm talking about Popeye from 1980 directed by oh, wow. Robert Altman that uh the movie if you watch it now and I've been you know watching it because I love it's like Fish's A Pittsburgh I love the Harry Nielsen score I love the sweet sweet haven song when it first comes in you see the kind of the whole village and if you look at it like Altman's career you're saying this is kind of like McCabe and Mrs. Miller cuz he's created a whole community here he's taken a, a a remote area and made a whole town um you have Popeye Robert Williams as doing the mumbling Popeye from the 30s, which people weren't used to because in the 70s or cartoons where he didn't mumble right. and just say these things under his breath. So it's like, why is he mumbling so much? Um, but if you go back, you see that he's really being uh really servicing the character well. Um, of course, Paul Dooley is wimpy, the music is great. It's kind of funny. The thing that turned me on as a kid, the very end fighting stuff is kind of like the the weakest part of the movie. I love the relationships and the kind of almost like the mash like scenes when there's everybody's kind of talking you know you like this is this is really mm -hmm. kind of an altman movie uh of a, of a cartoon character um but i think it's one of robin williams is most overlooked and because it was one of his first big movies performances if you go back and watch it he is really good in it and uh the, the music like i said i i love if you go catch out the soundtrack on a spotify or a streaming service they have the original demos from harry nielsen singing them all on his piano which is hmm. pretty cool because he sings the he needs me and all those kind of things that olive oil and the character sang. So really good uh, music. But Popeye is a comfort film film Popeye. for me from nine. Wow, that is amazing. It, it gives me anxiety, Jim. That one Why? gives me anxiety. Why? I mean, it's so much so that they used it in uh, the Adam Sandler film uh, yes. where uh, he needs what was me? it? Uh, Punch Drunk huh? Love? Punch Drunk Love, yeah, which is Punch about anxiety. Love. Yeah, I felt Ugh. like, man, that was so appropriate. Whenever I heard that song, I was like, yes, this is the anxiety that I feel. Wow, that 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 is interesting. That is interesting that we have two totally different reactions. <laughs> All right, number one, Joseph. Number uh, one, go to every time. Uh, it's it's just so good. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh yeah, uh, that wow. is just one of those films that you just watch. And you love it. I mean, and it's what's so great is that it really has stood the test of time because, you know, being in education and all that, uh, you know, I'm around teenagers all the time and uh, teenagers still love Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller has never sure. gone away. He's still cool as heck. They like the rebel about him, but it's not this this anarchy necessarily that they like they just like that he's hard he's free he's liberal he's liberated you know he's doing his own thing he's having his own day and let's face it you know the criticism is like number one you couldn't possibly do everything he did in one day you know uh within all that but there's just something about this movie that just speaks to the heart of you just saying God, wouldn't it be great if just one day I just did whatever the heck I wanted to? And that speaks to to everyone, you know, sure. with it. So this is this is my number one feel good movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Is that the original post credit scene movie? I mean, did anyone ever <laughs> done it to that degree? I don't know. I, 
I don't know. I, I really don't know. You're right. I mean, I know the post thing was just airplane at the very end if you watch the very beginning of yeah, the guy sitting in the deck yes. yeah, yes <laughs> that's true that's true all right i'll give him five more minutes <laughs> <laughs> that's the one okay you're right yeah. all right jason what's your number one um yeah uh when you think comfort you think nothing other than the exorcist <laughs> <laughs> I'm i'm so sorry so I was really uh, waiting for him to say Requiem for a Dream. I mean, yeah, yeah. What, is, what is wrong with me? Okay. We'll do discomfort movies sometime, Jason, and you can keep your thank list. You. Um, but but the comfort movie, when I think about it, the one that makes me feel good every single time I watch it is the one that makes me lighten up, Francis. It's Stripes from 1981. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, seriously. Light up, Francis. The, the Urban Assault Vehicle, John Candy, yes, Bill uh, Murray. Uh, Sergeant Hulka, Warren Oates. I mean, every single time it just, just it's it's a riot. You can't leave, the plants are gonna die. It's just <laughs> best. I should have drank all that cough syrup. That's right. Cough right. syrup is the yeah. best. Yeah, good stripes. Stuff. Yeah, stripes is such a good one. Uh, my number one is a movie that first aired on TV and then ended up on the movie channel. That's where Joseph taped it on VHS, and we used to go over to his house and watch it all the time. It was very quick, it was just over an hour, and it's one of the greatest, most genius parodies of all time, especially if you know the source material. And then it is the Ruddles. All you need is cash from 1978. <laughs> I still quote pretty much everything. If someone says the uh, name Roger, I'll think of Roger McGowan, a man who knew the Ruddles. Uh, yeah, everything kind of goes back to a quote from the Ruddles. Uh, it was all about the trousers. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the trousers. <laughs> when I hear the word T, I'm like, you know, T's been banned and all that stuff. But uh, this, uh, just a great, a great, probably the one of the best, closest parodies. The funny thing is they had a movie called The Complete Beatles at the time, narrated by Malcolm McDowell, mm. uh, which they took out of print, I think, Paul McCartney bought them all up so he could do the anthology thing, but it was a great, if you watch that and this back oh, yeah. to back, it was like how close they were to the scenes. Who's Especially, the narrator for the Ruddles? Who's the narrator? Uh, it is Eric Idle. Doing yeah. his, the uh, scene where they're, they're talking to him. <laughs> he has to start running to keep up with the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's laugh every well, time. It's, it's just a parody in documentaries in general. Like, you know, yes. uh, the, like you said, the, 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 the train, the, truck starts moving he has to chase it but then again he goes to he goes to you know we're here we're here in louisiana and then he turns around it's new york he's like and then we're here in louisiana and then of course he goes to, to visit blind lemon pie it's <laughs> like but you surely you were you know surely uh the rose well i was working on the railroad and i heard the riddles <laughs> the fact he doesn't even say it right i became a musician and i've been starving ever since and they're like, where did bottle music happen? <laughs> next door, blind lemon pie. Of course, they go next door. He lied. He, he always lied. He's always lied. Every time white people come down here to make a documentary, he says he invented them. <laughs> he did. I did. <laughs> so it, it's That's like hilarious. I said, it's, it's an hour of uh, pure joy and to put you in a good mood. It is the Ruddles from 1978. Nice. Nice. All right. And all right. So I will uh, wrap up. My, my list is. Uh, Fish to Save Pittsburgh, Other Guys, Trading Places, Popeye, and the Ruddles. Joseph, yours was? Elf, Groundhog Day, Tommy Boy, Chef. So we have an agreement on Chef because I decided to throw that in there. And uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Jason. And uh, and minor Jaws, Alien, Halloween, The Deer Hunter, and The Exorcist. <laughs> All right, the comfort, <laughs> comfort selections. So wrong. Chef, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Ocean's Eleven, Wally, and Stripes. 
Oh, those are no, good stuff. Everything's good. Okay, so we just have Chef. So yeah, we need to start battling out. We got right, Chef on the board. Do I have any votes for Fish and Say Pittsburgh, other guys trading places, Popeye or the Ruddles? I'll go with the Ruddles. I'll go with the Ruddles because Ruddles is good. You know, <laughs> Ruddles is, I, I definitely go with Ruddles. It's a classic. So Ruddles and Chef are in, Jason. Yeah, I would go with Ruddles also because it's it's probably the most unknown of all the lists here, and it's it is very funny, no doubt. Would you like to pitch um, one of your movies, Jason? I'm going with Stripes all the way. Stripes, I, I, I will take. Stripes. I mean, that is a funny. Stripes one, yeah. is good. The stripes whole classic. damn movie is great. Who's your buddy? Who's your pal? <laughs> Me. I think I think a lot of Jim. I think a lot of your comedy sensibilities comes from Stripes. Yeah, I think that that, that it really impacted you when Stripes came out. There, you sort yeah. of really had that sort of Bill Murray kind of like, hey, I like this sort of wise. No, in, in fact, kind of guy. The, uh, when we went on ninety three Q, you know, Joseph, you were at home and Jason was there. I was mm-hmm. doing basically doing Bill Murray the K. Which was the in the Ruddles movie when he was doing the Ruddles are coming to flashing. Come on, you got. And I actually nice. steal a line when we're on ninety three Q. I was like, man, I just was so into Bill Murray at that time. So yeah, sure. Stripes, Ruddles, and Chef. Any other? I think uh, Ferris Bueller needs to be there because okay. I think I think it's it's one of those that's classic. So Ferris Bueller, Chef, Ruddles, and what was the other one? I just said it a second ago. Stripes. Stripes. Okay, so there's our four. One more. Anybody you know, uh, for the wives, the fantastic Mr. Fox, maybe just to make them mad. Uh, yeah, yeah, just to infuriate them. <laughs> you know, I, I like the fantastic Mr. Fox. I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's uh, a quirky movie mm-hmm. uh, on it and all that. But I'm going to go for Tommy Boy. I'm gonna Tommy go Boy. Oh yeah, let's okay. battle over this one and see. Yeah. No, that, I'm, I'm all in. Fat guy in a little coat. Go for all it. Right, Fat Tommy guy in a little boy. coat. Okay. All right, so Tommy Boy's in. Tommy Boy. We have the Ruddles. Help me out here. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Stripes, and I'm missing one. Chef. 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 Oh, yeah. Chef. That Chef. is a good list going Deer Hunter. The future. Uh, Deer, Deer Hunter, Hunter. yes. So Anything with Christopher Walken makes comfort to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very comforting. <laughs> we'll send that no. one to the home office, Jason. That might be a future topic. We'll see. But uh, CrispyCutterRobots.com is where you need to go for all our information. Uh, and you know, of course, we have crispy cutter robots at gmail.com if you want to mm-hmm. email us any suggestions to show or complain to the crew of something you did not agree with. So, there you go. There is the show. Any other comments? Bad guy in a little code. All right, wait for the cue. Here we go. Uh, remember, there's always tomorrow. Fat guy, guy in a little, little code. code. <laughs> or is there? Or is there? Yeah. <laughs> 